Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. And welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss the steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. And today we're going to be talking about how to be more successful as a second generation, how to thrive as a G2. So number one is preparation. You've got to have preparation. If you just look at the entire picture here, there's a lot of companies out there that start G1. I'm a G1. Uh, we could possibly have a G2 here. Uh, just a little history. If, you've ha- if you haven't watched the podcast where I interview my son, Travis, uh, feel free to do so. We talk about um, how to hire and maintain the millennial generation. And he's 27, so he's part of that. And uh, it, was a, it was a really good interview uh, with Travis. And, uh, but there's preparation. As I've talked to different successful second-generation companies, first-generation companies, getting ready to go into second-generation companies. Um, I've, learned, I've learned a lot, which I'm going to share with you today. But number one is preparation. And where does that preparation start? It starts in the home. It starts when the kids are little. It really does. Uh, in order to be successful, I've been told by second-generations uh, companies and owners that they started learning how to handle money, how to be responsible, how to balance a checkbook, how to save. Some have been taught how to invest. So there's a lot of training that goes on in the home. And even though uh, Travis went into uh, went to college, wanted to get into uh, education, um, wanted to be a professor, some things changed um, in, in the last six months on his seventh year in college, and he was doing extremely well, but things changed. And uh, he decided to come back into the business, uh, which he worked in many avenues of since, the, since he was eight years old. And uh, whether it was empty and trash, sweeping floors, delivering, helping with service, carrying a toolbox, uh, doing air duct cleaning, just a wide variety of stuff he's done over the years. So he's back in the business. He's a field manager in training. And uh, we're just going to see where that where it goes from there. But we did, I taught uh, both him and Tiffany, who Tiffany wants to be a uh, physical therapist in the sports world. And, uh, but I have taught, my wife and I, Naomi, have taught them at a young age, the importance of the things I just mentioned, saving money, um, responsibility, don't expect everything to be given to you, uh, pay for your own car, pay for your own gas, all those types of things. That's responsibility. When a second generation comes in and they're managing things, um, even while Gen 1's still there, um, you can notice you can notice a huge difference from the Gen 2's who, have, who were given responsibility and not just handed everything on a silver platter. That's for sure. And the employees can handle, uh, notice it rather. Uh, it's obvious. The team, 
the leadership, advisors, customers can notice it. Um, there's oh, there's different sayings out there that that Gen Two uh, takes mo- take more businesses under uh, because uh, because of the lack of responsibility they were given growing up. From what I gather, this is from what I gather, and some of this is sprinkled with my own opinion, but this is from what I gather. So preparation. It's the responsibility of being a responsible adult. If you're, if you're even considering having your children, your family come into the business, you definitely want some responsibility given to them growing up so they're used to having responsibility, they're used to working hard, and they're, have, they're having to work for things that they want as well. So there was a, there's a company, uh, for second generation. I actually met the first generation uh, before he passed away, and I actually interviewed him and uh, his son, who I am um, friends with, and I got to interview them, how they got started. I used to love to do stuff like that. It was just very um, interesting to me. But anyway, I interviewed them and uh, first generation uh, basically had health problems. And second generation was just working there. He might have been in a, in a service department or, or something to that nature. He wasn't even in management yet. And dad could no longer work. So he had to step in at a very young age. Uh, either late teens or early 20s, but he had to step in and take over and do his best. Got counsel from dad, but dad wasn't allowed to work. Dad was told, if you work, you're going to, you're going to, you'll die. You'll die of a heart attack or whatever it was. So second generation had to step in real fast. Wasn't a whole lot of preparation, but there was a lot of responsibility given to Gen 2 growing up. He didn't come from a household where he was handed everything. And uh, so he appreciated that. And he even said during the interview, um, I'm glad how I was raised because it helped me uh, succeed for generation two. And now there's actually a generation three in that business. And uh, they appear to be going pretty strong. So is there a plan? Do you have a plan for succession in general? Does your company, do you have a personal plan? How long do you plan on working? Uh, Generation one, how long do you plan on working? Or generation two, how long do you plan on working? You could be going into generation three right now. I don't don't have a whole lot of content about generation three. Um, Although the the joke is from from clog to clog uh, with generation three. In other words, generation one um, has the clog, generation two uh, it's starting to, it's, they, their, or generation one has the clog in it and they build and grow. Generation two takes it and then generation three can destroy it too. Cause so there's a lot of things about gener- each generation that can take a business under. So it's a lot of responsibility to pass on, pass that baton if people aren't ready, which we're going to talk a little bit more about today, but have a plan. And uh, if you don't have a plan, why don't you have a plan? And if you do have a plan, has it been looked at lately? And when is the best time to make a plan? Well, the best time to make a plan is similar to planting a tree. When's the best time to plant a tree? 30 years ago, 
When's the next best time? Today. So if you don't have a plan, start thinking about a plan, making a plan. Uh, what what What's your business going to look like in 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? Uh, I personally, I sit around and think about that often. And if you've watched my podcast about how much time we spend in the past, how much time we spend in the future, and how much time we should be spending in the future, it's very important. Present. Past, present, future. How much time do we spend in the future? Uh, People spend very little time. But personally, I like to be thinking about that. So someone said the common leadership model of G1 is a single paternalistic leader. Uh, They're used to doing it all. They started this thing from scratch. They're used to doing it all by themselves. Some do it better than others. Some plan better than others. Although many families want to replicate this in the next generation, a more effective model is for G2 leader to become someone who collaborates, educates, inspires, um, brings the family more involved in this, all those types of things. They actually said... G1, they they call it galvanize the business. Uh, G2 must take that business to the next level. So, uh, you know, G1 grew it, was excited about it, celebrated victories, did all the things that a G1 worked hard from scratch, nothing. Someone said the other day, they just can't, they wanted me to speak somewhere. They just can't fathom starting with $274 in a used truck and 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 look at where we are today. I don't I don't sit back and think about it every day, but if you put it that way, I go, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's an American dream. That's for sure. A lot of us have, have experienced the Mer- American dream, and many of you want to experience the American dream, and it can happen. So here is where you develop a clear goal that the plan, the direction um, of wealth is sustained. Why did I skip? Why did I jump from business to wealth? Because I'll be honest with you, most entrepreneurs, their wealth is tied up in their business. Uh, Their wealth has been reinvested in their business to continue to grow it, continue to invest in their capital back into the business so we can buy new trucks, so we can buy new buildings, so we can buy new um, equipment in order to continue to grow. And that's exactly what I've done personally um, for, I've been in business 31 years now this month. And for uh, probably the first 25 years, I did nothing but reinvest back into the business. 100% of profits went right back into the business. I paid myself very little. And about in the 25th year, we were finally doing well enough to where I could start paying myself more in different ways, not just payroll. And I could start taking some out and investing it for myself now and for my family. And that that's just flat out a good thing. The people who do that, they're going to be way, way ahead of the game. They're not just depending on uh, a retirement plan when they sell the business. Uh, They have their own retirement plan when they sell the business, whether they sell the business or not. Uh, It it, it should be right there in front of you ready to to accept because you've built. Not only did you build the business, 
But at a certain time, as you were building the business, all of a sudden you could start building uh, personal wealth along the way as you built your business. And hopefully at the end, you're at, you're at this level, okay? Doesn't happen for everyone, but that's the goal for sure. So you need to have, we, we need to have a philosophy. Any business that hopes to make it beyond the first generation must decide upon their philosophy of family business. Do you wanna be a family business? Some other areas of philosophy you need to consider include why do you want to be in business together? So if you want second generation to come in, why do you want to be in business together? Can you get along well enough to be in business together? Can generation one gradually, can generation one, first of all, train and pour their heart into this second generation before they release the reins? Can you release the reins? Very important. Can you work together? Do you clash? Think about it. What role will the family play in the business? If you have more than one child, I know a lot of people, uh, Isaac Heating in New York, they have several brothers and that's the, the next generation is these brothers and they're getting ready to bring in another generation. Um, I'm not sure if they're the, right now, if they're on the third generation or the second, I think it's the third, but I think they're getting ready to go into the fourth generation. A lot of planning takes place. They also, they do extremely well. They're a very good sized business and they also reinvest a lot of their profits right back into the business. They're not, they're not worried about what kind of car they drive. Uh, I'm sure they all live in nice, decent homes, but they're not worried about that. They're reinvesting back into the business and making things happen. And that's a good philosophy. What is the mission of your business? Do you have same values with Gen, Gen does Gen 1 and Gen 2 have the same values? Do you want the same thing? For me, I've always said we, we just need to take care of the customer better than anyone. And, and then uh, we need to take care of the customer better than anyone. And if generation two comes in here, they have to have that same philosophy. There's no doubt about it. Open communication builds trust. I've had, I've personally had open communication with Travis for quite a while. I've been sharing a lot of things with him. A lot of leadership skills I have been sharing with him his entire seven years of college, whether he came back to work here or not. I never expecting, expected him to come back to work here, but I've shared leadership. I said, whether you're going to be a teacher, a professor, or whatever you're going to do, you need these leadership skills. So I've been sharing those for years with him. And most wealth is in the business, like I said. So preparing the next, next generation for what they can expect is critical. And you should take advantage of any teachable moments that arise. And that is very important. Um, whether your kids are little or whether they're teenagers or whether they're uh, in their 20s or whether they've started in the business, um, it's when you have a moment, a, a teaching moment, you need to take advantage of it. Planning is very impo important. Once you get beyond the philosophy questions, the next step is planning. Planning in a family business occurs in the arena of family as well as business. So for the basics, what do you want this thing to look like? 
These are, these are the basic questions. What would you like this thing to look like in, again, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? What do you want it to look like? When is Gen 1 going to step down? When is Gen 2 going to be ready to step up? What do you want it to look like? It's some serious questions, and unfortunately, not everybody think, thinks about it enough. The ones that do are very successful in the generation switch or baton have been passed. They've been very successful at passing that baton because they've planned, they've thought about it, they've talked about it for years, now they made it happen. They practiced. <laughs> also, Gen 1 needs to be thinking about their retirement planning. Like I said, if first generation does not amass enough assets to support retirement, then the business may need to be sold. And that's pretty sad. Because as I coach different companies and I talk to different people, and probably one of the saddest things, I, I'd probably only been in business 10 or 15 years, and probably one of the saddest things I, I ever saw was a business owner that poured his heart and life into a business. It was a local business here. They did heating and air and refrigeration. They were a good-sized company at one time. But at the end of his career, he sold the company for a little bit of nothing and auctioned off all material and parts. And within a year's time, this owner, for 30 or 40 years, poured his heart into this company, had to, not chose to, had to go work at a supply house at a counter to survive. That's sad. I, that's sad to me because I worked hard to get this thing started but I'm in a different mode now. We're not in a starting mode. We're not in a starting mode. We've passed the starting mode. We're in the we're still on the climb. But I'm growing my assets outside of McAfee Heating and Air. I tell some employees sometimes um I had this I had this certain thing way before you got here and um we bought several apartment buildings at one time, starting in 1994, and I've sold them all since then. We've bought several things and done very well. Several investments have done very well, and we've accumulated stuff that we enjoy, and there's a fine balance there for us, whatever, whatever it takes for you. But we've planned for the retirement. We've planned. I've been part of my own 401k for several years and other investments and everything else we do. We've planned for that. And then you got to think about people. Uh, we cannot forget the most important asset of a family and the business is people. And to become a second generation family business, we need family members capable of running a business. So you got to look for that. And there was a plumbing company. I talked to the original founder. He's probably in his late 80s right now, but they he had five kids. And uh, the second to the youngest is running the company. And he flat out told me, he said, he floated to the top. He understood business. He understood growth. And uh, he was he was chosen, kind of like Joseph was chosen. It, you know, um, he was chosen. And anyway, 
he said uh, that you know, he's capable of running the business. And anyway, going to people, a leadership development protocol must take place starting at a young age, regardless of what your children do. Think about it. They could be your next managers. They could be the next generation. They could be running your company soon. You never know what happens. It could be like the company I talked about where the founder had health problems and second generation had to take over. You also want to think about policies. Policies are guidelines that outline how challenges that may face the business will be addressed. That needs to be reviewed, gone over, talked about, and... Um, And discussed. Now, I'm going to tell you uh, a little bit about. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, an article that I just read by Daniel Newman, and he writes the 12 second generation business killers. And we'll go through these relatively quickly, but we'll discuss how um, each one of these can apply to us. So, first of all. It's the E word. Number one's entitlement. It's too often that generation, second generation takes over and they feel entitled. And if they do, the second generation is not going to go well. As a matter of fact, I think about this and I, I also know of a company, Top Dog around here, Top Dog years ago, a third generation company, big I mean, big to us in Dayton, Ohio, 150 employees, employees is big. 150 employees, that's pretty big. So they cover, they covered Dayton, they covered parts of Cincinnati, they, part, they covered parts of Columbus. Pretty good sized company. I still think so today. They were big. Third, third generation came in and they took a major nosedive. Third generation, very entitled. They weren't given much responsibility growing up. They had a silver spoon in their mouth and they felt very entitled and the business started going under. First and generation both had to come in and bail them out, get things back up and running. And today they are still in business. They've been bought out by a, a huge conglomerate who buys out heating and air companies and they still have a part of their name left, but they're one, uh, probably one sixth the size that they, they used to be. Also, second generation can also be a little bit lazy because when you're entitled, you often get lazy. Now, this does not apply at all to every second generation. There's some second generations that are extremely motivated and may even be more, more motivated than first generation. And they came in, they can come into a first generation company and take it to a whole new level. But a lot of times, the second generation's a little bit lazy. And the founder of the successful business was very likely not lazy. Um, so the second generation needs to be aware of that. You, you can't run a company and be lazy. It doesn't work that way. And then there's some indifference. They don't care as much. They don't want to succeed as much. Uh, money doesn't motivate them as much. And entrepreneurs often succeed because of what they refer to as uh, give a crud. Um, they care. 
Um, they grind it out, and they care. Um, they also have passion. I mean, I don't know. If you if you don't have some passion and run a business, I just don't know how it goes for you because I'm full of it. <laughs> One way or another, I'm full of passion. Uh, I just I love I love being passionate. I'm still motivated today to help make a sale. I'm still help to help train someone. Um, I'm still motivated to make make that next deal. It still gets me excited. Everything's an opportunity, and we celebrate. So you got to have passion. If you don't have a fraction of the passion, it will be hard to convince your team, your customers, and everyone else to stick around. And then you've got to have knowledge. Um, hand, a, hand a kid a business today and say, hey, you should learn as much as you can about it. Yeah, right. That's not going to happen. You've got to really do some training. You've got to, you've got to be in front of them at all times. Um, you've, you've got to see that they want it. Don't hand over a business to second generation if they don't want it. I would much rather sell it than to give it to someone who doesn't want it, and I'm going to have to come back in out of obligation to make it work again. That is not my idea of retirement, folks, if I, if and when I do retire. I'm just, one of my pet peeves is someone constantly talking about retiring. I mean, when it happens, it happens. I do have a goal and all that good stuff, but I, you know, it's not top of mind. And then you've got a network. Uh, the business founder knew all the customers, knew the employees, and knew the business neighborhood, knew the demographics, knew the mayor, the chief police, everybody. They, you know what? I've had all those people just listed at my office. Excuse me. I've had them all here at my office. And uh, the new generation has to be, um, con- they have to have interest in that. They have to want to know. Know your customer, know your people, know your team, know your community. Who, who, who are you supporting? What are you doing out there? And then um, there's a lot of disrespect um, coming from the next generation sometimes. And it's just disrespectful. Like, uh, you know, again, if you're just handed everything, you're going to be more disrespectful. And uh, they didn't. You know, they really didn't help grow this thing, and they, they just think it was just always here, and there's a money tree in the backyard, and it just pops money every day that we can just go back and pay our bills with. Um, also, they, they tend to be um, more unmotivated, and uh, so you've got to evaluate all this, um, meet with them often, and just find out how motivated they are. You should know this. If it's your generation coming in, you should know how motivated they are, and they should not be uh, selfish. Um, my my particular company, if Travis comes in, he better not be selfish because we're all about giving. We're all about supporting the community. We're all about um, our own McAfee Foundation for Children and Youth, which helps hundreds of and sometimes thousands of children a year either eat, have heat, um, have um, inhalers for asthma, apparatuses for asthma, 
uh, baseball teams, sports teams galore, all that stuff. So second generation coming in here, um, they, they better be giving in this company. Um, but in any company, you know, the, they need to be giving and they need to help others. And, you know, that's what a business is all about. It's, it's helping the community, being part of the community and, and making things happen. For us, it's it's children and youth, and uh, you just have to be um, you have to be selfless. And uh, if a second generation is not, uh, again, there's going to be a lot of complications. So those are some things. Uh, those are some things that we uh, talk about that I have uh, that other second successful second generation companies have shared with me. I hope they help you if you're thinking about or considering having a second generation or you're in a second generation that's just not working well. Um, you've got to understand there's got to be a plan for Gen 1 to gradually step out of or just have to jump out of. I mean, that does happen, like I said earlier, but there has to be a plan. Whether it's, uh, I talked to someone the other day about just gradually stepping down, no, no longer going in on Mondays. And then eventually no longer going in on Fridays, you know, and then gradually taking Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday until they're no longer there anymore. And then stepping down, finalizing it all, you know, making sure that it runs good without you there before you just bail. Um, that's That would also be wise. So... Before we wrap up, if you are watching on YouTube and um, don't forget to like and subscribe below, uh, you can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because from what I hear from you guys, this is helping your business grow. It's helping you think differently. And as always, it's helping you sleep better at night. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It's at the Greg McAfee show, no spaces, no underscores at the Greg McAfee show. And be sure to tune in next week when we talk about just making your business life better. And thanks for listening. And as always, carry on and have a great day.